Father, we thank you that no matter what's going on around us, God, you don't change. Nothing takes you by surprise, God. Nothing catches you off guard. Father, we thank you that our destiny is in your hands, God. That our future is broader because you're in our, because you're in our lives, God. We thank you, God, for the leading and the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Have your way in this service, God. Jesus, you are still 
Aren't you glad tonight he is your confidence? I'm glad it's not in our government. <laughs> I'm glad it's not in our church as 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 a denomination or as a as a fellowship. My confidence is in Jesus Christ. That's what I base my life on. That's what holds me together. <laughs> I think about my recent little uh Episode and it's like thank you, Lord, for holding me together. <laughs> uh, it turned it has turned out better than than I thought it might. But you know, Jesus is our confidence. 
No matter, I just, I love that. No matter what the circumstance, no matter where I am, if I go all the way to Alaska, God's there. <laughs> and, and, or, or where we go, what did the psalmist, he said, if I go to hell, you're there. If I go up in the high mountains, you're there. Wherever you are, you're there. Why is he there? Because he's watching over us. He's our God. Let's just give him some praise tonight. Father, we thank you and we praise you because Jesus, you are our confidence. You prove yourself to us time and time and time again. You show yourself faithful. You show yourself just. You show yourself mighty and righteous in all that you do. And Father God, we just want to give you the honor and the glory and the praise that you so awesomely deserve. For Lord, you have created us and not we ourselves. We are your sheep of your pasture. You, we are your creation. We are made for and by you and for your pleasure we are created. And so is all of creation. We thank you, Father God, that as we stand in your presence tonight, Lord, we can confidently say, you, Father God, you, our Lord Jesus, you, Holy Spirit, are our confidence. And we thank you for that, and Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. want to, uh, the only thing I know of happening I don't know of anything happening this Saturday. If I do, somebody tell me real quick. <laughs> I think this Saturday's kind of open Saturday. Uh, next Saturday, somebody have to remind me what day that's going to be. I ought to have the 15, 22, 29th, I believe, 29th. We are prime timers, and you can be a prime timer. We do not care how old or how young you are or how old or young you think you are. doesn't matter. We are going to be going to BG's Catfish in Kingston. And I can't remember what time we're leaving, and I'm the guy driving the bus. <laughs> Doesn't that... Three, we're leaving at 3 o'clock, Brother Don. Thank you, Brother Don. I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, you can either meet us here and ride the van if you want. Uh, we will try to have a sign-up sheet for you guys next Sunday with if you want to drive ride the van or not. And I understand there are some of them that's difficult to, to ride in that thing, and that's, that's fine. Uh, but I think it takes about 45 minutes or an hour to get there, I think. So we're planning on being there about 4 o'clock. So if you just want to meet us there in Kingston, it's fine. If you want to ride the van, just let us know. And that way we'll know uh, if we need to take one or two vans. And we'll make sure we have drivers that will safely get you there and safely get you back. Uh, and let me say, I, I, and he probably wouldn't want me to, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, the last time we went down to McGehee's, we had a tire problem, and I, I was a little leery as we got down the road. I thought, um, Lord, please hold this thing together. And so uh, Brother Rick and I talked, and I said, Rick, I said, I'm going back Highway 77. I'm not coming up that interstate. And I said, I'm going to get that thing home. So I, it'll take a little longer, but I'm going a little slower because I, I don't trust that. Uh, Brother Ron took that to the tire uh, place and that tire that was given the most trouble had separated 
inside and so it was and it was like I'm thank you Lord you got us back safely and we didn't get hit and <laughs> well we almost did but I happened to see the guy coming out from behind the bridge and so I stopped in time but God's good all the time and so I just want to say a thank you for brother Ron for seeing to that and to, you know to the tire guys for getting this fixed up so uh, we don't have problems like that so remember that uh, Sunday night after church we would like for everyone to stay after service and we're going to have a reception a little going away reception for our wonderful youth young people's children's church pastors um, Jonathan Courtney I won't let me say from my own heart I appreciate the job you guys do I appreciate your heart I appreciate your enthusiasm um, probably Courtney Courtney more you than Jonathan <laughs> <laughs> I can just see Courtney is one of those bouncing off the wall type people, but that's what little kids like, you know, and that, that's good. The Lord bless you richly and abundantly in all that you do for his honor and his glory and his praise. And I mean that from the very bottom of my heart. That's just for me to you guys, but I just want you to know. But join us uh, Sunday night after service, and we're just going to honor them and say thank you for a job. And I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. God's really the one that's got to say well done, but uh, for a job I think we think is well done. So join us for that if you guys will be cake and, and punch or something like that. So, uh, But just to say, how, uh, show them an appreciation for the job they have done here for our church, and we do appreciate them. We're, we're going to miss them, and, uh, but uh, you're welcome back anytime. I, I believe I can say that for all of us. You're welcome anytime you come in the door. We'll, we'll welcome you back and hug you back again and say, hey, good to see you. Amen. All right. I want to go to the Lord in prayer and take our needs to the Lord. Uh, I am going to do this just as often probably as Brother McCaslin does. Um, but I want us to pray for as we're praying for the new pastor that we want God to send us his choice, his decision. Uh, I don't want a Saul, I want a David. Uh, and I, if you know most, most of you that know and understand the Bible, hope you understand what I'm talking about. Israel wanted one thing and they got what they wanted and it wasn't what they needed. God got the one, he, he put the one in there and, and that he wanted and things were, were much better. So we want to do it. But I want us just to pray for this coming pastor and their, their family. Now, I'm not going to, I don't know if man or woman doesn't make me no difference. If that's what God chooses, that's what God chooses. But I want us to be in such an attitude of prayer. Uh, not only for the pulpit committee and, and our deacon board as they're, as they're doing this, but that God will just single out that one. That it'll be very clearly in, embedded in, I guess is the best word I can think of, in the minds of, of the, our, our committee, but in, in our minds that when we see that, when we see that individual, when we listen to that person as they speak into us, it'll be, there'll be something that the Spirit will bear witness with our spirit. This is who God wants here. And I believe with all of my heart, if we'll do that, and we'll keep praying that way, God will put this thing uh, together in such a way that we'll kind of just stand in amazement, but it'll all be, and it must always be for the honor 
and the glory of God for the spread of the gospel, for the saving of men and women's souls and boys and girls' souls, for the healing of bodies and minds and spirits, and for the infilling of the Holy Spirit that God will flow. And this church, we will see God do signs and wonders and miracles in, in hearts and lives of people that need deliverance, that need healing, that need all of these things that the world so desperately is in need of. So I'm going to ask you to pray. Just pray, God, help us to just be so ready Let's pray for ourselves. God help us to be so ready that when that when He brings all of that together, we'll go, yes, this is God's doing and it is good. He always does good. He never does anything wrong. So, but I, I want us to, when we pray, let's pray for that as well. Uh, we have a whole list of prayer requests. Uh, I want to tell you, thank you for uh, your prayers. Uh, I went to physical therapy today in my shoulder, and I feel a lot better. <laughs> uh, by the time that guy got through having me do all my little things to do, uh, and, and I, thankfully, uh, when I saw him, hadn't been doing a lot of exercising because I didn't want to make what I'd done already worse. Uh, and the, the, the physical therapist said, hey, it's better to err on the side of caution. But I had a lot better range of motion than I thought I would have in, in this arm. And, uh, I, uh, and I'm just thank, I do I thank the Lord. It's, it's got to be prayers. Uh, it, there are times when it aches, but it's never been so bad that I just really needed something strong to take to, you know, to kind of numb it down. So I'm thankful for that. I mean, it could have been... So many ways I look at this, it could have been a really bad, bad thing. But God and your prayers has, and I appreciate them. Uh, well, I'm doing well. So, but let's, uh, we'll give him praise for that because I just believe by the time I go see um, my uh, orthopedic doctor in about four weeks, he's going to say, wow. <laughs> You're doing good, and I'm going to say thank you, and I'm going to say thank you, Lord. I want to tell you something. I just, just, just throw this out here to you. From the moment I injured that, I started praying, Lord, I thank you that you're healing me. Now, you know, you know I'm not real crazy about how it happened and, and those things, but God, I'm thankful that you're healing me. I'm thankful that you're helping me. I'm thankful that you're, every day, I'm thankful you're healing me. I think a lot of times when, if we, if, when we pray, thank him like it's already done and thank him like he's already working on it. It may not feel like it, but you know, I, you, we can believe that he is. And not only healing your unsaved loved ones, uh, I like what uh, Brother Frizzell said. Uh, that has kind of stuck in my, my mind and my spirit. God is praying songs of deliverance over my unsaved loved ones. They are coming to know the Lord. They are coming to make Jesus Savior and Lord of their lives. And I just, I just God, just to, as we give him praise, he said, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So let's do that in, in, in your praying as well. Might be you have a need tonight you'd like to mention we can pray with you about. Uh, Faith is not here. Uh, she uh, took a couple of uh, pain pills. She does not do needles very well. They put the needle in her back uh, uh, to kind of help manage the pain is where she's at at this point in time and she is not very fond of needles and that is putting it mildly 
<laughs> trust me, it's putting it mildly. But she went through it all right, but uh, by the time the adrenaline wore off and, and the, the medication she had taken to kind of help ease her through the, uh, the needle, t uh, needle in her back and, and the putting in the painkiller concoction they made, uh, she was feeling pretty, um, what's a nice word to put it? She was feeling a little just drowsy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, and I'll just leave it there. I won't, I won't make her, but remember her prayers. But, uh, huh? Oh, yeah, well, if that's what she said, I'm not going to disagree with it. <laughs> I'm just going to say drowsy and I'm going to leave it right there. Because I got to go home. If she's watching this, I got to go home to her, you know, so I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Um, do those things, but do remember her in your prayer that this will will do. It's uh, we're believing God, and I'll just put it to you: we're believing God for. There's a disc that's out of place, but then there's a disc that's totally disappeared and degenerated. But I am a believer that God can put that disc that's out of place back in place, and God can create a brand new disc if He can take a man lame from his mother's womb and in an instant when Peter and John looked on him and said we don't have any money but what we've got we're going to let you have and they said in the name of Jesus rise up and walk when they reached out and grabbed him that man and I know enough about medical science and I know enough about the body that in the natural you have to grow and develop balance you have to grow and develop muscles you have to train your body to be able to do that and the bible says immediately leaping he stood and he went into the temple leaping and praising god now that's where god created a lot of stuff in an instant and if god can do it that he can do it with anything else he is our creator and that's what faith and i are believing for so we'll we'll put that to you anyone else uh, remember her, uh, her sister and brother-in-law. They are in uh, dire need. Of the one, her one is her name is Sheila, uh, and her brother-in-law's name is uh, Ranger. They are really battling a lot of health issues right now. So continue to remember them in your prayers. Okay, enough about us and my family. <laughs> Anyone else? Remember these on your prayer list. And remember our pastor. Let's just join together in prayer one more time. God, we come to you, Lord, because that you are God. On your throne, you have spoken your word. You have sent your word. Your word said, declares that you have sent your word and healed them. Jesus, we know that there are times in, in, your word, in the word where you met those that would say, if you will just speak the word then what I need to happen in my life will occur. You don't even have to come to my house. You don't have to touch me. But if you'll just speak the word, and Father, you have already spoken the word. Your word declares that by your stripes we are and we were healed. Your word declares that you are the God who heals us. You are the God who delivers us. And Father, we thank you for that tonight. Father, we pray for every need on this prayer list tonight. Lord, that there are as, as many names as there
there are, there are needs and they're different and they're varied. But Lord, you are still God over every circumstance, over every situation, over every illness, over every infirmity, over everything that is not in place like it should be in place or working like it should be working. And Father, we just claim healing over each and every one of these on this list. We claim healing, Lord, for faith. We play, claim healing, Lord, for Sheila and for Ranger. We claim healing, Lord God, for every situation in this room tonight and those that watch this by means of the media that they watch it by. Lord God, I pray that you will touch, that your healing power will go forth. Uh, and Lord, that they will be touched and healed and they will trust you and believe you, Lord, that when your word says that by the stripes of Jesus we are and we were healed, that that is exactly what you meant because you say what you mean and you mean what you say. Father, we pray for our coming new pastor and their family, Lord God. We pray right now over them that you will help us as a church just to continue to seek your your will and your way. Lord, you have that one that you want here, that you the, to do the work of being the pastor, being the, the spiritual leader of our church. Not one that does it all, Lord, but one that guides and directs us and teaches us from your word and helps us to grow and develop stronger spiritually, Lord, as we can, so that we can better reach the world around us for the cause and the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray for them, Lord God, and help us, Lord, to sense in our spirit. Help us to be so in tune to you, Father God, in tune to the spirit that, Lord, when that one appears, that you have chosen chosen. The Lord will know that we know that we know this is your will. This is your choice. This is your person for this time and this hour for our church. We thank you, Father, in advance for it because it is going to be for your honor and glory and praise that we rise up as a church and that we reach out to those that are around us with the life and the love and the power of Jesus Christ in our hearts and in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you have done again, for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. And Lord, for your honor and glory, we praise. We thank you for it and we receive it done, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tonight I want to talk to you for a few minutes about a man we all know. Um, from the book of Acts, chapter 7. This is one of those, if you've ever done this, preachers will understand this. I've had to do it a few times. The Lord will give you a starting verse, and that's all he'll give me. <laughs> that generally means he's got something important to say, and my responsibility is, here my Lord, send me. I'll say what you want me to say. But if I had a title, it would be, I see Jesus. Acts chapter 7, verses 54 and 55, which probably for those of us that have been in church any time at all know what this is about. Um, but I will, I'll tell you it's about Stephen. Stephen, uh, and we'll look at his life here for a minute, but to me it just it stands out to me what, he, uh, what happened to him right before he died. In verse 54 
I get here the right one. It says, Now when they heard these things, the things that they heard, Stephen stood before the Sanhedrin and preached to them. And uh, in Oklahoma English, he hoed the row. I mean, he talked to them straight. He talked to them plain. And he just pretty well told them how things were. They didn't appreciate it. Wouldn't be no surprise they didn't appreciate it when Jesus told them what was wrong in their lives. How many times do we stop and think about that the Pharisees and the scribes and Sadducees were coming to try to trick Jesus, to test him about something. Every time he told them the truth, and they didn't like the truth. The problem with the world today is that, that our biggest deal is people don't want to know the truth. They want to make it all up. This is what we think we ought to do. We are, this, is, this is what the way we think we ought to go. And when you tell them the truth of what God's Word says, I don't want to hear that. They don't want any part of it. I heard a Baptist minister say one time, what the world needs but does not want is Jesus. Peter, not Peter, Stephen had preached to them Jesus. He had earlier before this time, before the council, he had, there was a group, it was, there was a bunch of church people, okay? Did y'all know there's a difference between church people and Christians? They certainly are. They were a bunch of church people. These were people that thought they were serving God, and it appears that possibly the man we know as Paul who wrote most of the God of the New Testament might have been a part of that church. Would make sense when we read some of this other stuff if, if this is true. But they began to argue with Stephen about things. And God gave him such wisdom and such knowledge and such understanding that every answer he gave them and every, every argument they brought up, he countered it with the Word of God under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They couldn't beat him. They couldn't best him in, in, in that conversation. So they hauled him in before the Sanhedrin and lied about him. What did Jesus say about it? Don't be surprised when they do that. If the world hated me, no, it's going to hate you. But the Bible's in, in the whole set, the, all the, the preceding verses, verses 1 through 53, P, uh, Stephen is preaching to that bunch of unbelievers religious religiously pious but not with a relationship with God they had a form of godliness but there was no power they couldn't argue with him so their decision was we'll take him before the court we'll, we'll tell the Sanhedrin we'll get him put out of town or whatever but he preached to them straight and true. They said he'd been lying and blaspheming against Moses. And he starts at Moses. And he starts uh, back in, you know, with the things. And uh, he starts from Abraham. And from Abraham down, he talks about the things that God had said, the things that God had promised, the things that God had told them that they ought to be doing. And they had wasn't doing it. When he got through, the Bible says... They, when they heard these things, they were enraged. And they ground their teeth at him. 
But I like this 55th verse. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. That's a vision. I mean, that would be a sight to behold. It would be a sight to behold. But Stephen beheld this sight. Verse 50, uh, let me get my numbers right. 56, he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. When they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, help us to be men and women like Stephen. Lord, there are some things that your word shows us tonight that we can strive to be better at. There are things in your word, Lord, that will help us, Lord God. And though we may not ever in this lifetime see you face to face, help us, Lord, to see you in our spirit. Help us to see you and to know, Lord God, that you are watching over us every day. Though the enemy may try to tell us God's so far away, God's not listening, God doesn't care. Your word tells us that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Help us, Lord God, to remember that. Help us to see with eyes that are spiritual, but help us to see you. And Lord, that when we see you, Lord, it causes us and stirs within us a greater desire to be more like you than we have ever been in our Christian walk. Father God, help us, Lord, not only to see you, but help us to show you to the world around us. Help us to, for them to be able to know and to understand, Father God, that Jesus is alive and well, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father and he ever lives to make intercession for his people and he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Help us, Lord, to spread that word. And Lord, that we too, one day, Lord, either this, either if it's this side of eternity finder, or if it's the other side when you call us home, or you call your church out of this world, we know that we will see you face to face. Father, thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Father, anoint your servant to speak the words that you will have spoken. And Lord God, we submit ourselves to you, spirit, soul, and body, to be used for, by you for your honor and your glory and your praise and for the building up of your kingdom and your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Go back to chapter 6 for a minute. When we first find out and, and, and we discover about Stephen. The Bible talks about in the sixth chapter, around the first verses there, that there was, a, a, the disciples were increasing in number and there was a complaint 
by the Hellenists against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected. The church was growing. Remember, at this point in time, the Bible says that the church was, they, they didn't keep things for themselves. If they had extra houses or if they had extra land and stuff, they would sell that and they would give it to the church so that those who were in need that didn't have, that were having a very difficult time making it, that everything was spread out. They had all things common. But the church was getting so big and the church was getting so large that uh, we would use the expression, people were falling through the cracks. You know, it, humanity is humanity. We, we'd like to cover all of the bases. But how many of you, and I, don't, well, I won't ask you to raise your hand, how many of you forget stuff from time to time? You know, I'll ask you, what time is it? You know, the other day it was like I'm sitting there and Faith and I were getting to the point now where I'll sit there. A lot of times I'll put my glasses, especially on my phone, I'll put my glasses on top of my head. And I'll go thinking, looking, what you looking for? Uh, my glasses, they're on top of your head. Oh, yeah, that's where they were, you know. Or I'll put, lay something down. Turn around and go do something and turn right back around and I can't find where I laid I just two seconds ago laid that thing down. I forget. You know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, if somebody says, uh, you know, it, it's it's old timers disease. No, it's not. I refuse to accept that. <laughs> I may be older, but I'm not old yet. But you know, when you begin to do it, even in large organizations, the larger the organization, the easier it is for people to fall through the cracks. Now there's a side story to that. There's a lot of, it's easier sometimes for get people to get by with doing wrong as well, because they won't get caught. But they went to the, the guys in, in charge and said, wait a minute, wait, wait, somebody's getting missed out over here. And so they began to realize, they, they, they summoned the disciples said, their point was the, the disciples said, it's not right for us to, you know, be spending our time, you know, dealing all of this stuff out, taking care of all of this stuff. So pick out some guys that you know that can take care of this so that we can continue studying the Word. They were still growing. Stop and think about this, church. The disciples had been with Jesus for some three and a half years, we think, before he went back to heaven. These men are still learning. They don't know it all. They don't have the ability. Maybe they had some of the, well, they did have some of the priests because the Bible talks about that even some of the priests were from the, from the temple were, were starting to become Christians. So they, the thing that was they could bring their knowledge of the scriptures, which hopefully they've been studying all of their lives. But Peter and, and James and John, the disciples said, look, We've got to devote ourselves to the Word of God because their mission was to equip the saints to reach out to others. And the church was reaching out by leaps and bounds. It was growing. It was, I mean, well, when you add, you stop and think about it, and I have still wondered to this, I still wonder to this day, how in the world those 12 disciples and that 120 on the day of Pentecost, do you realize that the Lord added to the church 3,000 people in one day? 
after the day of Pentecost when it was fully all said and done and Peter preached, there were 3,000. Imagine the, you know, the logistics. What happens to us if all of a sudden 3,000 people show up? We're going to go, uh, thank you, Lord, but help. But this was what was going on. So what was the point? We want to choose out. And they said, uh, what they said, brothers, pick out among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we shall appoint to this duty. The Bible goes on to tell us that one of those men was Stephen. And it lists the, the others that they chose. They prayed for these men, laid their hands upon them, and, and prayed for them. The word of God continues to increase, and the disciples multiply greatly in Jerusalem, and many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Verse 8 says, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Did you ever stop and think about that for a minute? He was not an apostle. Stephen was not one of the disciples. He was elected as a deacon. And the Bible says that he was full of the Spirit. He was full of grace and power so that... Let me find it again so I don't do it wrong. And he was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Now, church, can I tell us, we can have that same thing happening in our lives as individuals. You can say, but Alan, I don't know you. I, you or you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my limitations. You, do you realize, and, and, and I read this every once in a while. Somebody will post this on Facebook. When God calls you, he already took your stupidity in mind. He already knew what your qualifications were. He already knew what your inadequacies were. He already knew all about you. When he saved us, he knew who we were. We've got different people in here. And as many different people as there are, there are different abilities and there are different inabilities as there are people in here among us. But what happens? God wants us to understand that when he calls the church together, what Sister Linda over here has that I don't have makes up for what I've got she don't have. Now, I, had, I said that wrong, didn't I? <laughs> What she has, I don't have. What I have, she doesn't have. Does that make better sense? It does to me too. But the thing about it is, when we put those things together, when I begin to take Brother Gerald and Sister Linda, Sister Carol, Brother Ron, Don, and Jonathan, and all the rest of us here, when we put our individual strengths together, it makes us stronger as a whole. The bigger the church some people don't like big churches. But do you realize the bigger the church, the more powerful it becomes as an entity in the kingdom of God? 
when we are bound together by the Spirit, when we are working together by the Spirit. The Bible tells us, if you go back and look at this real quick. After they had prayed and laid hands on those deacons, verse 7 says, the Word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied. He added 3,000, so if he multiplied, do you, you ever stop and think about it? God thinks in big numbers. Brother Don, I remember that, that uh, devotion you gave about the universe. It's just, it just, the more he talked, the more staggered my mind got. <laughs> the universe is extremely vast. We are but a mere speck on the wall. Go back here and put a speck on a wall, and that's what we are in the universe. And yet God knows every man, woman, boy, and girl that walks on the face of this earth. There's a song that I used to hear, How Big Is God? How Great and Wide His Vast Domain. But the thing about it is, how big is God? He's big enough to fill this universe with His presence. And yet small enough to fit in that particular hole He made in you and I just for Himself. It, it's staggering. But the church, He says the church multiplied. It's growing, it's doubling, tripling, quadrupling, however you want to put it. It's multiplying. And Stephen, a man full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And I told you about the little church group, them church folks that showed up. They got mad when Stephen bested them at their own game. You know that egotistical people do not like to be showed up. There had to be some egos in that church, I'm going to tell you. But how did he do it? Verse 10 of chapter 6, they were discussing. They, had, they brought up all these things. They were disputing with Stephen. Verse 10 says, But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. They come up something and he had a counter for it. Everything they came up with, he had a counter for it through the Spirit. It was not Stephen in and of himself. The Bible doesn't really tell us how educated he was that I know of. It doesn't tell us how wealthy he was or that it didn't matter. What the Bible tells us is that he was a man full of the Holy Ghost and power. He was a man full of God's, God's presence in his life. You don't do signs and wonders that point people to God without God doing it through you. Whatever happens through us as an individual, whatever, whoever's lives we touch as individuals or as a corporate body, it's not us, it's the Spirit of God moving through us. Why is it important to have the Spirit moving all the time? Because without Him, we are ineffective. Without Him, we don't portray Jesus. The world doesn't see Jesus. 
the Jesus that we serve. The world doesn't understand the Jesus that we serve. They may not want to, but the thing about it is, when they see the reality of who you serve, the day can come when they can run into problems, when they run into difficulties, when some serious illnesses occur, they will come to those that they know who know God. I believe that with all of my heart. That when we live like God wants us to, when we do it, it doesn't have to be, what's the word I'm like? I started to say flamboyant, but God doesn't do things flamboyantly. He does kind of show off sometimes, but... We're, we're not, it's not an arrogant thing. It's just there's a confidence. Sister Judy sang a song, he's my confidence. If I'm confident, it's not in the fact of who I am. I know who I am. I know how well I can mess up. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And if I do anything, and if I touch any life, and anything happens through me for, for the kingdom of God, it's not me, it's him. That's the way our lives is. That's the way our church should be when people come in and they are touched by the life and the love and the power of God through our worship, through our, through our fellowship with them, through the things that we do, through allowing the Holy Spirit to move and they walk out of here changed. It wasn't us. It was God. It was His Holy Spirit. Long, longer story shorter. They take him to the high priest. They get people to lie about him so they can take him to the Sanhedrin. In verse chapter 7, we have his speech. At the end of his speech, it, well, let me rephrase it, at the end of his sermon, because you go back and read that seventh chapter, he preached them a sermon and a half. The end of his sermon, they got mad. The Sanhedrin was mad. That church bunch was still mad. I'd say something. I'll, I'll, I'll pass that one. I know I'm going to say it. One of the things you can tell about church folks, they seem to be always mad at something. You know the thing I can tell about Christians? They'll pray about it. And they'll get over it. And they'll band together. And if it's a problem in the church, they'll band together and begin to pray and ask God to intervene. And say, you the Lord, either move them out, change them or move them out one of the two. And he will without causing a lot of disruption. Why? Why do we know about this? The Bible says, one of the things the Bible talks about, the, the, the way we know the world is, they're all the time arguing. They're all the time mad about something. We talk about and we hear about the, the Scripture, what the Scripture tells us about the fruit of the Spirit. is love, joy, and peace, meekness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering. All of these things are the fruit of the Spirit. They don't jar. They don't disrupt they're not chaotic. If there's chaos in the church, then we, it's in somewhere the enemy has managed to get a foothold in where he has no right. 
They were enraged. I mean, they were so mad. I did, I've never been this well. No, I can I can kind of. I've been upset at people enough that it's just like I've just gritted my teeth and gone. I wanted to lay hands on them, but instead I just gritted my teeth. They were gritting their teeth. They were so mad at at Stephen. I mean, it was it was it, it was on them as far as they were concerned. But what's interesting, that 55th verse, but he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. It's interesting nobody else saw it. He's probably the only spirit-filled guy there, Don. You know it? <laughs> From the way this sounds and the way they're acting, ain't none of them spirit-filled, that's for sure. Because they're enraged. They're gritting their teeth. They're so mad at him. There's an expression my mother used to use. I'm so mad I could chew up nails and spit out barbed wire. <laughs> I never saw her do it, but, you know, that's, that was one of her expressions. But I think, you know, to use that, that's about, sounds about like how mad they were. But he saw the heavens. He saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I've heard it said, Jesus doesn't often stand. But when he stands, it's in honor of those that are serving him. He's standing, looking at Stephen. He's looking at, down at him. There's another time when Jesus stood. Before he got to this earth, I believe when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown in that fiery furnace, when Nebuchadnezzar looked, and let me tell you something, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw Jesus first because he was right there. But when Nebuchadnezzar looked, what does he say? Didn't we throw three? There's four of them down there. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. He knew who he was looking at. Nebuchadnezzar was smart enough to say, at least do this. When he got them three boys out, he made a decree, nobody, and I'm just going to paraphrase in my Oklahoma English, nobody says a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or we, you get thrown in the fiery furnace. He made a believer out of him. Stephen saw Jesus standing I, you know, I, I don't know, but the, the heart said, the, usually when we hear about Jesus, I see Jesus sitting at the Father's right hand. You know, he sits at the Father's right hand. He lives to ever, ever lives to make intercession for his people. He was standing for Stephen. And whether Stephen was wise to say what he did or not, but maybe he had no other choice because what he had seen. And, and whether Stephen was old enough to have seen Jesus in earlier in his life or not? I don't know. I, there's not enough information in the Bible for me to know. But the one thing I do know, when he saw him, he knew who he was. He knew who he was. And when he saw him, when he said that, oh boy, that just added fuel to their fire. They cast him out of the synagogue. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. 
Two things he says, Father, don't lay this sin to the, into their hands. And then he said, receive my spirit. And he died. They killed him. A little excerpt in that is, and they laid their garments at the feet of a man, young man named Saul. Whether Stephen knew who Saul was or not, the Bible does not ever say. From what I can gather, from what I can read in, in the studies I did about him, it would seem that Saul of Tarsus at least, at the very least, had connections with the Sanhedrin. He was the one, he was able to go get letters from them to go down to Damascus to sit there and start rounding up them from the way and we're going to bring them back and we're going we're to make them wish they hadn't joined the way. He evidently had some, whether he was a member of the Sanhedrin or not, I, I, it, it's unclear. But he, uh, it seems to me he had connections with them. But I often wonder how much Stephen's testimony on his dying day, I wonder how often that rang in Saul's ears. Because Saul was dead set against this thing called, this man called Jesus. I mean, we crucified him. He should have been dead and it should have been over. But the more they, it just seemed to made it worse. Well, what do you think? You went against God. You think God's going to let it go? No, he wasn't going to let it go. Paul makes it, would, would eventually write. He said, if the enemy had known what it, had, what it meant to crucify Jesus, he would have never done it. He didn't know what he was doing. Satan thought, I've got rid of him now. Boy, that, that's the last of that thing. He, he might have said he was the son of God. I showed him who he was. Yeah. Satan already knew. When Jesus came up out of that grave, Satan knew it was over for eternity. What does he say? What does the Bible tell us in the book of Revelation? He knows he has but a short time, so he is going out because he is angry. His time is short. Stephen saw Jesus. So what happens to Saul on his road to Damascus? A bright light shines. Saul gets knocked off of his animal, donkey, I guess. Horse. I don't know. I can't remember right now off the top of my head which one what he was riding, but he got knocked off the animal he was on. And he hears the voice, Saul. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul's choice of words interests me. Who are you, Lord? Um, you think maybe he already knew. And I have known that the Bible does not tell us, and I don't know that, Saul, Saul, uh, that Paul ever mentions much about Stephen. But I have a great suspicion in my own heart. Watching Stephen die had an impact that Saul never forgot. Why? Because Stephen saw Jesus. Now we may not see him face to face this side of eternity. That may not happen. 
As far as I know, it only happened for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It happened for Stephen. And if there's somebody else I can't think of it, I'm, I'm not going to say there wasn't another one, but those are the two that come to mind. But what about us? Do we see him? I may not see him physically, but I can see his effect. I can see his effect in my life. I can see his effect on things that could have happened a week ago this past Monday that didn't. I can see his effect on going to the therapist office today to start my physical therapy so I can get the better range of motion in my arm. It could have been much worse. When I went to the doctor last Thursday and he looked, nothing seriously damaged. And I'm going, thank you, Lord. <laughs> How many of you know red clay dirt that's been dried and cooked for the all summer long does not give at all. Sister Carolee more than a concrete floor does. But I think about hey, it could have been so much more painful. It could have been so much worse. And yet the grace of God makes it. I can move this pretty good. Somebody said, why do you need to wear a sling? Well, because I shook hands with the guy when I left and it didn't hurt too bad. So I figured if I want to shake hands, if it starts hurting, I'll put it in my pocket and tell you, okay, no more shaking hands. But I still love you. I see him in gorgeous sunrises. I have, I don't know if you call it the privilege or what, but uh Anymore, my going to work is I'm on the road before the sun comes up, going to Ada. But there are some of the most brilliantly colored sunrises that stagger the mind. All we can do is take pictures of it or try to paint something like it, but the original artist flings it out there every day and says, watch this. He creates, and, and I'm kind of jealous of Sister Kim a little bit. No, a lot. I've heard tell that, that Alaska is a magnificent country. That it probably, I, and I, Kim can tell us from personal experience, it may stagger the imagination, stagger the mind to see that vast landscape that's up there. But God created that. Jesus was there when it was created. I told Sister Kim, she got one picture. I don't know if you've seen it, but she's down inside this crevasse, and I'm going, not me. I don't want down there because that thing might move, and I don't want to be there. <laughs> but all that we see, I can see God. What I want to see, I want people to see Jesus in me. I don't want to be overbearing. I don't want to be arrogant about it, but I want people to see Jesus in me. I want them to be able to know I am a child of God, that there's something different about me. Not special, not unique, just that there's something different because I know Jesus is Savior and Lord of my life. 
that I have a peace. I have, I, Julie, that song was absolutely perfect. I didn't know how the Lord was going to organize this, but he actually organized it well, better than I thought. I have that confidence. He is my confidence. I'm nothing special. I guarantee you I'm nothing special. I get up every morning, I look in the mirror and I'm going, okay, whatever. I'm, not, I'm nothing special. But you know what? The Jesus that saved me, that delivered me, that heals me, that walks with me and talks with me and guides me and directs me, he makes me special. Because I'm his and he's mine. You're his and he's yours. That's the confidence. He's not going to leave me. Thank you, Lord. Because I keep, the old expression, I keep my angels busy all the time. I'm not so sure. Sometimes there's not one specially. Sometimes I wonder if you don't say, Father, can you please send a replacement down here? This one's driving me bananas. But he cares for us. His word tells us, I want, to, I want people to see Jesus. I want to be the kind of man Stephen was. I got to work on it. I got a long ways to go before I feel like I'm even close to being what Stephen was. But you know what? If Stephen was, I can be too. I can be as full of the Holy Spirit as I want. I can be as full of wisdom as I'll let God, let, let God do in me. I'm probably stopping God more than God's not doing it. Lord, help me to get myself out of the way. You do, Lord, what you want to do my heart and life because I do want people to see Jesus. I want people to walk in this church and see the life and the love and the power of Jesus flowing out of people through this church and touching. They go by and shake their hand. I, 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 would, I would love to be able to see so just a regular everyday Christian, spirit-filled Christian, just walk by and touch somebody on the back and say, hey, it's good to see you here. And they're suffering with a disease or they're suffering with something in their body and God heals it in a moment, in an instant. If it happened to Peter, we want to say, well, but Peter was different. No, he was not. It was Peter who denied Jesus, and I don't fault him. I'm not criticizing that. But Peter, in a moment of weakness, he denied the Lord. He'd been with him. Jesus told him he'd be going to, but he denied him. But yet the Bible says this same Peter, when he walked by, his shadow or his presence touching people, sick people got up off their sick beds. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised to life again. But those were the old days. No, they're not. They are the days for people that will be like Stephen. How awesome would it be? And I, and I say this from a pastor's standpoint, but how awesome would it be for our new pastor to walk in here and we've had a Holy Ghost revival for like, you know, two or three weeks already and we're so full of the Holy Spirit. It just oozes out everywhere. I mean, you, you don't know what that do to a man or a woman of God. But we can, church. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not faulting us. Don't misunderstand me. We can have the same power that Stephen had and have the same kind of, of testimony 
that he had. Do we have to be buoyant and, and proud? Probably not. I, the Bible doesn't say that Peter was loud. No, not Peter. Stephen was loud. Peter, I can see being loud. <laughs> you know, Peter's just one of those kind, of, he's in your face. Stephen, maybe not. But the thing about it was, he was still full of the Spirit. That's all it takes. How much do we want it? That's up to us. But we can see it happen in our hearts and in our lives. Would you bow your heads with me for a minute? Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, help us to strive to be more like you, to put aside ourself and say, Lord, do in me what you need to do. Do in me what you want to do. Lord, help us to be a church that is full of the Spirit, that is full of your power, that is able to take what we know of your word and when there are those who have bring their arguments or their, their excuses, that with kindness and with loving gentleness we can answer them with your word that kindly but lovingly refutes their answer but lets them know it's not a good excuse because God still loves you. Help us to be a church that's full of the Holy Ghost and power. Impress upon our hearts that it's possible for us to be that way and to be able to be like Stephen. He was... We can't say just a deacon. He was a deacon in the church. But Lord, he was a man who was willing to let you do in him and through him what you wanted to do. Father, I pray tonight you will help us to do that. I pray, Father God, for those that maybe uh, have listened to this and tonight or listened to it sometime in the future by way of social media to understand that Jesus is still waiting Jesus still wants you to be part of his family. Doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. He will take your past and wipe it clean, give you a clean slate, give you a fresh start over, and make you a brand new creation through his precious blood. Help us, Lord, to carry that message with us as well, that we see the church multiplied. Because, Lord, it's your will and it glorifies you. Father God, help us, we pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. There's one here tonight. I would trust that we all are. But if there's not, and something in your life says, I really just don't know this Jesus. Do you signify it by late raising your hand? If you're watching by means of the internet through Facebook or our, our, our website. Jesus loves you. This same Jesus that Stephen served, this same Jesus that uh, anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power would say to you, Jesus is the only answer. He saw him face to face. He saw him when he opened his eyes and saw him in heaven. But you know, you can see him by faith. You can know him by faith. He wants you to. He wants you part of his family. If you're tired of running from in your past, if you're tired of the life you've been living because you know it's not satisfying, you know it's not what you want, you know it's not what's good for you, 
come to Jesus. All you got to do is say, Jesus, I need you. I can't do this by myself. I can't live this life I'm living, but you can help me. Just come into my life. Wash me clean. Wash the sin out and put your spirit in me and put your life in me. And he'll do it. You confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that the Lord, that Jesus is Lord. You shall be saved. If you do that, tell someone. Call us or, or let us, contact us here at the church. Let us know you gave your heart and life to Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever have. And you will see him. You'll see him, his effects in your life. You'll see him guiding you and directing you. You'll see you not wanting to do the things that you used to do because there's a better way. He'll do it if you will. Father, I pray for this church. I pray for those that have heard this message, that will hear this message. Lord, that the Holy Spirit, you will take it and anoint it to the hearts and lives of those that need to hear it. Father God, help us as a church, Lord, to just seek to draw closer to you in our hearts and in our lives. And I pray, Father God, that you will guide and direct us. Thank you, Lord, for the pastor that you're sending to this church to guide us and to direct us. Thank us, Lord, for your choice that you're putting in place here. Help us, Lord, to be on fire. And Lord God, when that all comes to pass and that we as a church begin to grow and develop like you want us to, and see the church continue to multiply, Lord, as it did. If it did it in the days of the book of Acts, we can have, see it happen today, Father. Thank you for it. Guide and direct us. And Lord, help us to remember, when we leave here, we don't leave alone. For you never leave us nor forsake us. You are always with us wherever we go. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you guys for coming. Know that God's going with you wherever you go.